the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to another edition of The Ride Home with John and Kathy, live from the Salem-Pittsburgh studios. And now, here are your hosts, John Hall and Kathy Emmons. Holy smokes, it's raining out there. Huh? Rough. It was raining in the North Hills about, I don't know, an hour and a half ago. I came here. It was like there was nothing huh? going on. And about 10 minutes ago, it all started. It's coming exciting. down. Coming down. Again there. I just did an old man thing. Did you? Huh? Is that why Mike's laughing at yeah, you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because Mike does it all the time. He imitates, you know, that. Anyway. Huh? <laughs> what? What <Wait. Huh? laughs> <Will> you say? <laughs> Yeah. Mike's looking for a house and, uh, you know, he's looking for, you know, two, three story house there. And yeah. you know what, you know that what happens when you get a larger house then you got to do that to your wife all day long. Huh? <laughs> exactly. Right. <laughs> exactly. Right. That's, that's the bulk of my wife and I's conversations lately. Oh, What's going on? <laughs> yeah. We've got an excellent show coming up today. <laughs> if we ever get to it. Despite that. Hey, what about the black bear that's been sighted? Here? Yeah. No, oh, no. no. Wait, huh? it's hanging out with the uh, crocodile in Beachview. No, no. Okay. Yeah. How about <laughs> this? All... So there's a black bear that was spotted Tuesday evening in Penn Hills, and then later on in the evening, it was spotted in Turtle Creek and in Monroeville. Oh, that stays to the east. I mean, that black bear is getting around. Uh, maybe about a year and a half old, they're saying, and uh, a local game warden, Dan Puhala, says that uh, the young bear is probably on its own now because it got pushed out by its mother because it's mating season. So mm. let the new bear go, the year-and-a-half baby go. That's sad. And so he's wandering around. But Dan Puhala, who's the uh, game warden, says, if you see the bear, don't try to take a selfie with it, <laughs> which is excellent advice. Because you know someone sooner or later probably will. Can you believe that needs to be said? Yes, I yeah. do. Yeah. No reports of disturbances or damage, but just sightings of the animal quickly moving through the streets of Turtle Creek, Penn Hills, and Monroeville. <laughs> how about that? Isn't that funny? I wonder how many death by selfies there's been. It's oh, just that's so sad. dumb. Yeah. I, do you ever worry about your children that you think, well, you know what? I hope that they're smart enough not to do that. Yeah. yeah. I really hope so. Have I you hope talked that, about like, that? I mean, my, kids will not, my kids are not selfie kids. Oh. They, they disavow that. Are your kids, your girls are? They're doing selfies? Yes. No, no. My kid. Uh, what I have, oh. I have, I bet you, a conservative estimate, maybe a hundred photos of my youngest kid, as I go to take his photo, holds his hand out, like in front of me, so I can't see his face. I bet you I've got a hundred photographs. Well, except your son, when he Snapchats my daughter, I see his face all the time. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. What? So he's not, he's not concerned about taking his own. What? Yeah. This is news to me. You should hang out at my house. You'd see more of your son, maybe. I guess so. Mm -hmm. Really? Yeah. Huh. Interesting. I, mean, <laughs> I 
things you learn at 101.5 Word FM. Now, what your kids seen, are up to. I haven't seen Dr. J. He hasn't been snapping. No, no. Right. he hasn't been. I've He's been, a little young. I've been concerned about Too that. Too busy playing Pokemon. Right. Mm-hmm. I think yeah. that's what it is. Mm-hmm. Uh, anyway, in our 5 o'clock hour today, does living in a McMansion make you happier? I don't know because I don't live in one. <laughs> I've often considered the, that it would be really cool. A Mick. Mansion. Yeah, like, you know, like a new, like a big house, like oh, a really okay. big house. I don't think so. My brother uh, lives in a McMansion, and when I go to visit, it wears me out. I just get tired of walking from room to room. Now, how's that? I mean, come on. How far can it be? It's too much space. It is. It's too All big. Right. All right. We're also going to talk about how much nature is enough. Yeah. I mean, are we supposed to, like, <laughs> camp? No. To really enjoy the world. Apparently for that bear, it's not enough. He's, he's <laughs> roaming around like crazy. I exactly. think the more nature you get, the healthier you are. Less selfies, more nature. Amen. What about if you're taking selfies in nature? Uh, pro- uh, probably okay. Okay. Yeah. Uh, we're also going to talk about a memento from your childhood you still wish you had. Oh, yeah. I've got that. I uh, See, I can't think of anything. What? You guys are all over this subject. I You've can't. got nothing oh, like growing like up? No. Here's the thing, though. I have them. You have oh, you, kept you them. have all those? Yeah. See, my wife has like, you know, yeah, like storage containers right. of all that so stuff. So do I. Really? I don't no. think I ever threw it. Anyway, we'll talk about that in, right. in our 5 o'clock hour. And also, the Southern Baptist vote to name abuse as grounds for expelling churches. Uh, we'll talk to Kate Shelnut, the associate editor for Christianity Today. Okay. That's our 5 o'clock. And then on 4 o'clock, we're going to talk about uh, perfectionism, which will be good. <laughs> yeah. And we might mess it up a little bit. Do you bit suffer with that? Good, do you suffer? Yes, I think you do. Do. you do. You do. Yeah, of course I yeah. do. As you know, I don't. Which is why, which is why I've had a lot of therapy in life. Yeah. Um, but we're excited because David Daleiden is going to be in the air with us in just a little bit. Um, we uh, Actually, one of our listeners, Valerie, sent us an article a couple days ago about uh, the National Institutes of Health fetal experimentation um, that's going on Good right crazy. here at the University of Pittsburgh Medical Center. Now, this is something that hasn't been reported. I haven't seen it in any in local, local media. In any local media. No. Um, but there was an article in the Washington Times. So we're Examiner. happy. That, yeah, I'm sorry, Washington Examiner. And we're excited and happy that um, the Center for Medical Progress is David Delight will be with us. <laughs> what is the deal with you two? I don't <laughs> well, I know. I think we had too much caffeine today. I feel a little I wired. am wired. I am too. I'm like I don't know what it go. is. Hey, you should, uh, you should follow us on Twitter. Find John and I on Twitter because I tweeted out something hilarious today. Did <laughs> you see the – who's the story about the guy who was on LSD, the pitcher – and oh, Doc picked, Ellis. Doc Ellis. Today's his birthday, or either today's his birthday or today's the anniversary of that event happening. I thought it was yesterday. I thought it was yesterday. Oh. Which was National Jerky Day as well. Gosh, <laughs> am I a day behind? I think you are. Anyway, I- did you did you... Did you see the little the documentary short that somebody made to I, to salute? I sent it to you, <laughs> <laughs> and to <a> Mike. <laughs> Just saying. Thanks for the update. I sent it back to you. Okay, today. good stuff. Great start stuff. to the show. Fabulous. I hope, I hope you get to watch it. Yep. Clear as mud. <laughs> Stick around because things are clear as mud here on the ride home with John and Kathy. Be right Time back. To go take a selfie with a bear. <laughs> W-O-R-D. Summer hasn't even officially begun, but already Word FM is talking about heading back to school. Back to school! 
If you've ever considered sending your child to a Christian school, but the cost was holding you back, check out the WORG half-price tuition deals now at wordfm.com. Send your child to a school that's teaching them the same values you're teaching at home for the full year, but only pay for half. See the complete list of schools now at wordfm.com slash tuitions. Imagine doing one thing that gives you an entirely different perspective about your place in the world. Think it would be worth it? Dennis Prager here inviting you to join me for a 10-day Stand with Israel tour, a tour through the land of Israel in December 2019. Come with me to get first-hand insight into Israel's fascinating past and promising future. Walk the ancient temple steps, sail on the Sea of Galilee, and so many more unforgettable moments. Return home inspired, renewed, and empowered. If you've ever dreamed of seeing Israel, this is your opportunity with expert guides and important lectures at key sites. We'll be together in the comfort and safety of luxurious accommodations the whole time. Join me for a life-changing adventure to give you a renewed sense of purpose. Get more details about the trip or sign up now to join other Word FM listeners on the Stand with Israel tour by going to wordfm.com slash Israel. That's wordfm.com slash Israel. They're not in it for the money. They don't do it for the fame. It's certainly not about the fringe benefits. No, for a Christian teacher, the real reward is found in the everyday triumphs of a child as they learn not only about their world, but discover their unique place in it. This is how love inspires learning. Visit pittsburghchristianschools.net. Education for mind and soul. pittsburghchristianschools.net. Hey, Pittsburgh, this is Tunch Elkin for my good friends at Calusi Chevrolet. If you've been thinking about a new car or truck, now is the time. This month, you could save 18% off the MSRP on select 2018 models still in stock. For example, save up to $4,200 on remaining 2018 cruises. And you can buy with confidence knowing the team at Calusi has been serving Pittsburgh for over 100 years. Check them out at Calusi.com. Find new roads at Calusi Chevrolet. Are you looking to grow your career with an advanced degree? With 100% online programs in regional centers in South Point, Cranberry, and Penn Center East, Waynesburg University has a program to fit your needs and your schedule. We offer flexible and affordable graduate programs in business, counseling, education, criminal investigation, and nursing, as well as degree completion programs in nursing, business, and criminal justice. Waynesburg University's programs will equip you with the knowledge and expertise needed to implement coursework into your daily work and grow your career. To learn more, visit waynesburg.edu. Despite its non-tax status, non-profit status, I think a lot of us here in western Pennsylvania take great pride in the University of Pittsburgh Medical Center, UPMC. It certainly is the area's largest employer, and they've been known to do wonderful things in the, the name of medical healing for many of us across this region. However, uh, there is a much darker side to uh, UPMC and to the work that they do. David Delighton is with us, and uh, you may know that name. David's been in the headlines probably the past uh, five or six years for the excellent work that he's done undercover with uh, with his research that uh, he's involved with for the Center for Medical Progress. But uh, new reports have come out about UPMC and the work that's being done with uh, post-abortive babies. And uh, here to talk to us about that is David Delighton. David, welcome back to the show. Welcome to the show. 
Thank you for having me on. So, David, um, you're talking about Dr. Jorg C. Gerlach, who is an experimental surgeon at the University of Pittsburgh. Um, tell us about the uh, work that he has done with an NIH grant. Sure. So uh, I published an op-ed over this past weekend in the Washington Examiner um, highlighting some of the most disturbing fetal experimentation work that has been done by NIH-funded researchers at um, the University of Pittsburgh, uh, sadly at the UPMC um, institution that you just mentioned. One of those researchers who operates and has operated for many years on NIH uh, research contracts from the federal government is Dr. Jörg Gerlach, who's one of the uh, one of the researchers at the regenerative medicine department at UPMC, and he and his colleagues at the University of Pittsburgh for several of the past years now have been publishing the results of their taxpayer-funded experiments that are to develop um, or to test uh, new transplantation methods of transplanting the freshest, most pristine, most high-quality liver cells harvested from intact livers from uh, late-term aborted fetuses who are delivered via a labor induction abortion method to cut those livers out of the babies, pull the stem cells out of the livers, and then test out experimental transplants of those cells into adult human beings. Um, and this, the protocol that they describe is a protocol that requires the fetuses to be alive at the time of delivery. They describe this as an in vivo uh, experimental model, in vivo being Latin for in the living. Um, there's nothing that's done to the baby to kill the baby before it's delivered via the labor induction abortion, uh, which is a, which is one of the, uh, one of the more common, very late term abortion methods used. Um, and this is absolutely shocking, horrific information published in first in 2012. Uh, published again in, in much more um, uh, really grotesque detail in 2017 by Dr. Gerlach's colleagues. And um, a lot of this work is being done, especially at a special laboratory owned and operated by UPMC in Sicily, in southern Italy, of all places, in Palermo. Um, and but, um, but sadly and disturbingly, it looks like, based on some of the published materials from uh, 2011, 2014, 2015, 2019, that a lot of the, a lot of the work done to develop and practice these techniques may also uh, be going on at the University of Pittsburgh itself. Now, David, okay, so, so you're saying then late-term abortions are being performed. These babies are 18 to 22 weeks in their development. The babies are essentially delivered. These are live infant children delivered, and then they're put in, as I'm reading the article, put in plastic bags for transportation to the facility where their livers will be extracted. The babies are alive, and they're essentially drowned in liquid, which is to preserve the babies themselves. Is that correct? That's correct. These, these children either die when they're submerged in preservative fluid um, to, pre to preserve the body parts immediately after the abortion operation, or they die when they're on the operating table in the laboratory room and their chest cavities are cut open and the, and the livers are, are cut out and then they bleed out. 
Um, it's absolutely horrific. This is uh, this is a, a huge human rights abuse and atrocity against humanity, frankly, that's being funded by the University of Pittsburgh Medical Center that they've been supporting and participating in for years now, and that has been sponsored by the Federal National Institutes of Health, which is the research arm of the Health and Human Services Department. We're very fortunate that the Trump administration in the past week or so has moved very strongly to eliminate all fetal experimentation with taxpayer money that's going on in our country. Um, and it's because of absolute uh, horror stories and atrocities like this one out of Pittsburgh um, that uh, the the, re- the uh, justification is so so critical and so important for for this kind of experimentation to be prohibited um, by the federal government. David Delayden is a citizen journalist and founder and project lead at the Center for Medical Progress, responsible for the undercover video series back in 2015 that exposed Planned Parenthood's participation in the harvesting and sale of aborted fetal body parts. Um, David, this is a wretched story, and um, my. S- uh, suspicion is that Pittsburgh is not the only city where this is happening. No, I, sadly, I don't think so. You know, when I uh, when I and other investigators with Center for Medical Progress went undercover at top level Planned Parenthood conferences, trade shows, meetings with top level Planned Parenthood leadership, um, one of the most shocking things that we learned from them is that. Uh, late-term fetuses being born alive in the course of a large abortion practice is not something that is unusual. Um, this is something that uh, happens anywhere from uh, one in one in 30 times to one in 10 times for your later second trimester procedures. And so if you are operating a large abortion clinic that is doing a lot of those procedures um, weekly, you're likely to have at least one or two of these born-alive infant cases um, of an infant delivered alive and intact um, before the abortion can be completed um, uh, each month in your in your clinic there. And certainly you're going to have it more frequently um, if there's a desire or a market demand for intact live fetuses to be provided for research or for experimentation like they're using at the University of Pittsburgh. Sadly, Pitt has had um, a very a deep relationship with the local Planned Parenthood affiliate, Planned Parenthood of uh, Western Pennsylvania in Pittsburgh, as well as with one of the independent national abortion federation clinics in Pittsburgh for many years now. Um, some of, Many of the abortion doctors are actually on faculty. They're on staff at the University of Pittsburgh. Uh, some of them have been credited as co-authors for Dr. Gerlach and some of the other researchers doing the live fetal experimentation studies. Um, so there's, uh, and sadly, this has been Planned Parenthood's model for many years now, where they've tried to insinuate themselves into a lot of these academic positions and um, and and really kind of uh, try to insinuate themselves in the academic structures at some of these some of these big research universities. So it becomes a um, it, it you know it, it becomes kind of a, a parasitic mutual relationship where you have the abortion providers teaching and and uh, um, and trying to induct more of the medical students into the abortion program. Then at the same time, you have the abortion clinics that they work at, providing body parts to the uh, to the scientists who work at the universities. And there's a lot of taxpayer funding that gets kind of cycled around through that relationship. Um, so it's a it's a big problem. Um, Pittsburgh isn't the only place where it's happening, but this is one of the most shocking examples. You know, just when you think you've heard everything, you hear something incredibly more heinous. David, you know, in 2015, when the first of your undercover videos started to come out, I think myself and a lot of people across the country, when you watch these videos that you produced, I thought, 
oh, this is it. This has got to be the end of Planned Parenthood. Now that all the gory details are there in living color, so to speak, that finally Planned Parenthood will be shamed into operation. But the exact opposite took place. Planned Parenthood continues to thrive. The media continues to protect them. Uh, the Democrat uh, platform is still very much a pro-abortion platform. Can you talk about that? I mean, did you think the same thing that when you were producing these videos, there would be a ripple effect of something good was going to come? Or were you surprised and disappointed when absolutely nothing changed? Well, I don't think it's accurate to say that nothing has changed, right? There's been a lot of there's a lot of good news and a lot of progress that we can look at in the past four years here. Some of Planned Parenthood's biggest business partners in harvesting and trafficking baby body parts have been shut down by local prosecutions in Southern California. Two major congressional investigations issued over a dozen criminal referrals for Planned Parenthood and their business partners. And it was uh, just about two years ago that the U.S. Department of Justice uh, announced that they were following up on those criminal referrals. And we are still uh, anxiously awaiting the results of that FBI DOJ investigation of Planned Parenthood. We nobody's really heard anything yet, but I think um, I think it's you know it's it's about time that we should we we should hear something uh, about what the progress of that is. But regardless, Planned Parenthood and their business partners are still actively under investigation for that kind of activity. And then just in the past week here, the Trump administration has prohibited fetal trafficking. Um, trafficking in baby body parts and experimentation on unborn children at government laboratories, and they're moving to completely uh, eliminate it um, uh, with new uh, uh, to, to, to implement you know actual enforced human subjects protections that will make sure that unethical fetal experimentation is not continuing at outside institutions like Pitt and other places. So um, so we haven't had everything happen that ought to happen yet um, by rights and then by justice under the law um, for this kind of activity. But uh, but it's not like nothing's happened. I good. think that there are a lot of good people who have really um, been galvanized to, to care and to pay attention to this issue now in a way that it never was before. Um, so I think that's something that you and, and that, that we and that all of your listeners can be um, – can 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 take heart in um, and uh, and to continue to encourage our elected officials and people in positions of authority to follow up on these issues and to pay attention and to ask the tough questions about you know did any of the borderline infants that were had their livers harvested for taxpayer funded experimentation at Pitt I mean did any of them come from the local Planned Parenthood did any of them come from the local uh, Allegheny NAF abortion clinic. Um, I think that these are, you know, these are all questions that the administrators and the leadership at Pitt should be should be answering, and that the public locally should be demanding that they answer. So that's ta- what I would say about that. We're ta- yeah, we're talking to David Delayden, citizen journalist and founder and project lead at the Center for Medical Progress. Um, David, let's talk about one last particular of this study: uh, the work of Dr. Jorg Gerlach, experimental surgeon at uh, Pitt. The question is, and I know that there are people who are asking, so what's the, what is the deal? Why is this happening? Do you know actually what his research is into, uh, liver and its growth factor? Yeah, they want to, they want to sacrifice unborn children as a medical commodity for born people. That's what they want to do. These are experiments geared on harvesting the body parts to harvest the cells. Um, from from living unborn children and then transplant them into uh, into adult people. So they they want to cannibalize our unborn children and use them as a resource 
for for medical experimentation and for ultimately for commercialized uh, medical therapies for for adult people. Right, so- um, and I think that we can do better. I think in the 21st century, in 2019, we can do better um, as far as developing cures and uh, developing therapies to treat people with diseases. I think we can do better than killing our young in order to make that happen. Yeah, but that is the question, right? I, I, you know, it's not like your Gerlach is a monster who's trying to come up with, you know, is just trying to to uh, you know harvest body parts for the fun of it. It's it's a harder question than that because for people who are listening who have serious liver problems or who have a loved one who has serious liver problems, these researchers are the, you know, these are the things that if you go into your doctor, if you have a liver problem, your doctor's saying, hold out because there's hope. There's a lot of research going on into issues related to liver function. Um, the, the, the challenge for all of us is to recognize that life is sacred, right? And that as we pursue advances in medicine, we can't do it at the expense of our children. Um, so David, I mean, that's where, that's where the hard conversations come in and the difficult moments when we're, when you're in a physician's office or you've got a, a life-threatening condition and you realize that you can't, um, that we can't sacrifice, as you said, the coming generations so that we can get to a medical position that we like. Um, absolutely not. And you look at these published studies when they're talking about 22 week old fetuses being delivered alive via a medical injection. That's a five and a half month old baby that's being delivered alive. There are children that age who have, you know, extreme preemies who have survived with the proper, with the proper medical care. The hospital and the medical system in Pittsburgh should take a 22 week old prematurely delivered fetus and do everything they can to save that baby's life not rushing that baby immediately to a laboratory where it's going to be cut open and have the liver harvested for somebody who's sick. That right. that child itself delivered prematurely and alive is a patient who should be cared for in our medical system, not sacrificed for commercialization therapy. I'm into that. So, David, what about media? So here you are, you're talking to Christian media in Pittsburgh, but local media, no one's talking about this. I mean, this report's been out for a couple of days right now. Is there a way to engage local print and broadcast media definitely i think um i I mean i think that this i you know i would hope that all of your listeners will you know please like and share the the op-ed um exposing this information going on you guys should be writing um letters to the editor and making this a local issue showing up at at, um any you know local public forum meetings that the that pit uh has where they take public comment making this an issue um, the University of Pittsburgh, I can tell you guys, is uh, is afraid of this issue. They have been deploying in the past half week or so here, they've been deploying one of their more media-friendly scientists and researchers who claims that she only uses the placenta from the aborted baby in her research, and they are deploying, deploying her to write her own op-eds that get published in the Washington Post and other very mainstream establishment press to talk about the research done on the placenta from aborted babies at Pittsburgh, and that's why taxpayer funding is so important on it. It's a complete distraction and deflection from the horror stories and the and the atrocity experiments that are going on with born-alive infants harvesting livers from born-alive infants and killing them with taxpayer funding. Well, David, thanks so much. Uh, we greatly appreciate and we admire the work that you've done for the unborn. So more power to you. Keep it up. Thank you so much. Our pleasure. Thank you so much. David Delayden from the Center for Medical Progress. Okay, so you heard. Now that we know, what do we do? 
right? We move this forward. We act as advocates. People always talk, well, what can I do? I, you know, to go at the front lines of an abortion clinic, that's sort of like, you know, scares me or I just can't. Here's something you can do. Let's get to work and do this now. David Delayden, the Center for Medical Progress. It's out there. We'll post this information, the article that David wrote at the Washington Examiner on our Facebook page and johnandkathyshow.com so you can read his research for yourself. If credit card debt has you down, nonprofit Trinity Debt Management can help. Trinity will consolidate your accounts into one easy-to-manage monthly payment, put a stop to late fees, and drastically reduce your interest. You'll pay thousands less than you originally owed. It's not a loan. It's a way to become debt-free and possibly improve your credit score. So call Trinity and talk to a certified counselor. They'll explain their proven program to you with no pressure, just practical solutions and hope for tomorrow. Are you ready to pay off your credit cards in less time for less money? Then call for a free no-obligation debt analysis and become debt-free for keeps. If your debt has you down, we should talk. Gather up your bills and call this toll-free number for a free no-obligation debt analysis. Call 1-800-936-5496. That's 1-800-936-5496. 1-800-936-5496. At Extreme Car and Truck in Bridgeville, find extreme accessories for all your dirty jobs, like hauling landscape supplies. Protect your vehicle with spray-on bed liners, tonneau covers, weather tech floor liners, and more. Say goodbye to dirt and grime inside and out with extreme detailing. Plus, lift kits, electronics, and remote starters. Always a favorite. Extreme car and truck in Bridgeville. For the extreme in all of us. At extremetruck.net. Sight and Sound Theaters presents the biblical stage adventure, Returning to Lancaster. Who exactly is he? He's a miracle worker, a healer, a prophet. This Jesus is a rebel. Everything Jesus does points to love. Seen by nearly one million people in its debut year, the original stage production is returning for one last encore season. Jesus, live on stage at Sight and Sound Theaters in Lancaster, Pennsylvania. More information is available at sight-sound.com. At Walgreens, your day doesn't have to stop for diabetes. Get expert diabetes advice 24-7. Find all major brands of testing supplies like Walgreens TrueMetrics and download tools to help you stay on track. Stop by and talk to your Walgreens pharmacist today. Sometimes if you've heard this as a single person, and I know it's well-intended, when people say to you, don't you worry. Word FM presents writer, comedian, and playwright Sherry Lynn. God's going to send that person for It's Ladies' Night Out, June 21st at the Bible Chapel. What's wrong with that thought process is it says that those of you who are married were ready when you got married. For tickets and group discounts, go to wordfm.com. This is Kathy Emmons. John and I are grateful for the encouragement we have from all of our advertisers and especially our friends at Grove City College. Thanks to everyone at Grove City for supporting the ride home. Breezy with a couple of showers this evening, then turning out partly cloudy later tonight, going down to a low of 48 degrees. Tomorrow, mostly sunny with a refreshing breeze, high 71. Partly cloudy tomorrow night, low 54. Then for Saturday, periods of clouds and sun with a shower in some spots for the afternoon, high Saturday, 74 degrees. With Iraqi weather forecast, I'm meteorologist Danielle Niddle.
That is deeply, deeply disturbing what we just heard from David Daladin. So this story has not appeared anywhere in Pittsburgh that we've been able to find. No, I can't believe um, it. Our, a listener, Valerie, thank you, Valerie, sent us this story from the Washington Examiner. Um, and if you missed our last segment, we were just talking to David Daleiden about um, his reporting of the use of fetal body parts in research at the University of Pittsburgh. Um, and not just fetal body parts, but actually live fetuses. Um, that 22 are, weeks. That were, are born after Five and a half botched abortions and... And they are their livers are removed from their bodies for use in research. But the it, children are killed in the it's, process. Right. It's a horrific, horrific procedure. This is a terrible idea. I guess the only thing I want to say is that it's easy when for those of us who are anti-abortion to get amped up about it and to say, oh, my gosh, these monster doctors, these monster researchers, you know, they have no blah, blah. All I can tell you is that. Um, if you know someone who has end-stage liver disease, you are desperate for a cure. Like if you know someone who has Parkinson's or you have a, someone who has cancer or you're someone suffering from MS or Lou Gehrig's disease. I mean, these physicians are not working as monsters. They are trying to do the right thing. But in my opinion, they are making wrong choices along the way. I just think it's important to say out loud that as much as we want to uh, vilify to vilify people, we have to recognize that medical science is proceeding in a way that all of us want, right? And we ourselves have to be careful that we're not willing to sacrifice the next generation, literally, to see our medical progress go forward. I get this. But it's just it's hard. It's just a difficult thing. I think we just need to be respectful of each other as we talk about it and not impugn the motives, even if we recognize that the choices are bad. But when you hear about this, these so-called experiments, it's like Joseph Mengele, who was with the Nazis. These experiments, they're essentially murdering newborn babies. They're allowing these babies to drown in medical, some sort of fluid, putting them in right. bags. We've been talking about this for years. The, the pro-life movement has been going on forever. And here it is, right in our own backyard with UPMC, the Vaughn Institution. And it's funded by the National Institutes of Health. And the, so the government's behind right. this. right. So it's all complicit together in yeah. the name of medical progress, which, of course, you want to make sure that there is quality medical progress going on, the good care for all that. But at what cost? Well, okay, so that's the question. At what cost? Not the cost where you're killing if, newborn babies. Okay, so if if anyone listening to the program is involved at Pitt, is in Dr. Uh, Jorg Gerlach's lab or knows something about his research, perhaps you work um, with end-stage liver disease or you have some kind of um, expertise in that area, um, we would really like to hear more about this. We want to be fair to the doctor while at the same time we want to be fair to those who are coming after us um, and those children who are have no voice. We want to be that voice. So if we could just be rational in a sea of a lot of emotion um, but stand up for what's right, we want to do that. And at the same time, local news media yeah. should report on this because otherwise they just push it aside like it doesn't happen. It doesn't exist. This is a major story. It should be talked about. That's all. CBS, ABC, NBC. Where are you? People should talk about this. I'll take a break. Me back in a few minutes. Stick around.
101.5 WORD. Have you ever doubted God's love or questioned whether you're truly saved? Hi, I'm Andrew Farley, author of Twisted Scripture, Untangling 45 Lies Christians Have Been Told. Visit this station's website to download my free guide to your new identity in Christ. Then enter for a chance to win a VIP trip to Dallas this fall. Sign up for the Twisted Scripture Conference Getaway in Dallas now. Go to wordfm.com slash twisted. Hey, it's John Hall. So a while back, the folks at MyPillow said, hey, John, can you try out a MyPillow and let us know what you think? I'm skeptical. I mean, it's a pillow. But what did I have to lose, right? I'll tell you what I lost. Interrupted sleep. No more folding the pillow in half. No more flat, lifeless pillows. It changed my life. So I'm letting you know, you need my pillow. Well, not my actual pillow, but your own my pillow. It stays cool all night long. No more waking up at 3 a.m. to flip to the cool side of the pillow. It keeps its shape. No more reshaping your pillow in the middle of the night. It comes with a 60-day money-back guarantee. Try it. Don't like it? Return it. My pillow comes with a 10-year warranty. Do you have a pillow that comes with a 10-year warranty? You can toss a MyPillow into your washer and dryer. It's like new again. Get a two-pack of MyPillow's premiums for $69.98. That's only $34.99 per pillow, the lowest price ever offered on radio or TV. This offer is only available at MyPillow.com or call 800-391-0954. Use promo code WORD. For kids, Idlewild is a place full of adventures. There are rides that are just their size, treats to tickle their taste buds, and special friends like Daniel Tiger to touch their hearts. When you're a grown-up, Idlewild is every bit as magical, every bit as memorable, every bit as fun. Idlewild and Soak Zone, because you love to see them smile. Save big in June with Carload and BOGO half-off discounts at Idlewild.com. What's happened to my son? We raised him in the church and he went to youth group. He's not acting like himself and this morning I found drugs in his room. I can't tell my pastor or my friends. They'll think I'm a bad parent. Is this my fault? I'm so ashamed and don't know where to turn. There is hope. For over 50 years, Western Pennsylvania Adult and Teen Challenge has been helping families to find answers to their loved one's drug addiction. Call today, 724-265-4100, or visit paatc.org, bringing wholeness to the hopeless. Most clubs you join require an initiation fee or a club membership, but not the Word FM Discount Shopping Club. No, in our club you save as much as half. Half of home improvement services, web family entertainment, music festivals, and much more. All from the comfort of your computer or smartphone. Log on now to wordfm.com shopping and God save the green. I have a confession to make. What's that? I've never said this out loud. <laughs> oh, good. This is going to be good. There's only one person in the whole world that knows this. Really? So now it's over 50,000 watts. Here it comes. Well, I feel like if... I don't know. If Colleen Carol Campbell can write the book that she's written, I can share this. Okay. Ever since I was probably in fifth grade, maybe fourth grade, every single book I've ever read or every article I've ever read, which is a lot of books and a lot of articles. Heck yeah, it is. Every single time there's a typo or a grammar mistake, I circle it and put a check mark. Oh. In what? everything. Why? I don't know. You circle it and put a check mark. Yeah, like so at the end of yeah, so that I could find it if I had to, or if, or if someone what? asked me, I could show them where the problems are. Well, what's the point? I have no idea. <laughs> that is kind of sick. So, like, I, 
I can't get rid of my editor, my inner editor. Yeah. I can't make it. I mean, I'm doing that with fiction books. I'm doing that with, with like, you know, when my kids were in middle school, I was doing that with their books that we get out of the library. Well, there was a time it was very rare. I it was imagine. rare. Now, it was, forget now about it's it. super common. It's a waterfall. I mean, you read a thing in the New York Times and I ended up with four circles yeah. and four check marks. New York Times. I mean, anyway, but I confess that just to say that's there's probably something wrong. Well, yeah, I guess so. I would agree. But I'm not the only one. No. I have never met Colleen, but I feel like she's a kindred spirit. Colleen Carroll Campbell joins us. Uh, the heart of perfection, how the saints taught me to trade my dream of perfect for God's. Colleen, please help us. <laughs> I love that story. Yeah. Well, obviously, uh, yeah, I, I was spell-checking my high school boyfriend's love letters in red ink, so I, I can't... When I, I can't read that, <laughs> when I read that, I thought, oh my gosh, this woman is awesome. No, wait, 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 wait. So you're spell-checking your high school boyfriend's love letters. Nothing is a, a buzzkill. Yeah. Oh my he gosh. He appreciated it until we broke up. Yeah, yeah. yeah exactly. That's because he only got 700 on his SATs. He's he, got... didn't, he didn't do well in the English part. Well, he's got a story to tell about you, doesn't he? <laughs> he does. All right, he so does. we're laughing, Colleen, because that's that's a r- ridiculous example. Um, and but we, even though I am ridiculous, I'll admit to it. But perfectionism isn't always funny. It can be a really degenerative personality flaw. It, it can, and I think where it's most dangerous and often least recognized is in our spiritual lives, our relationship with God, and that's how it was for me. And. Uh, I wrote The Heart of Perfection because I see this in a lot of places, but I think a lot of times we overlook it or we even think spiritual perfectionism is a sort of virtue. You know, we have to earn God's love. And, of course, we all know we're not supposed to believe that, but are we living like we actually do believe that? And I think a lot of times, unfortunately, we are. But the opposite is also true, though, isn't it? Because I think a lot of people, and I'll raise my hand here, feel that, you know, we are so wretched and so sinful and so imperfect that it's hard for me to stand before God and His grace and His beauty. That's right. I think it's very hard to understand God's unconditional love. I mean, I think that's one of the very hardest things to do as a believer because it's just not how we think, you know, and and our natural response to hearing that we're loved is, all right, well, let let me prove that I'm worthy of that love by running around and doing all of these things. And none of that's bad. I mean, there's, there's a good impulse there of wanting to give God our best. And, and the heart of perfection is not about, um, surrendering that and just slacking off in the spiritual life, who cares? I mean, I think that longing that we have for the perfect is really just a longing for God, so that's a Mm -hmm. good thing. Where it starts to become tricky is when we substitute our ideas of perfection for God's, and we're chasing worldly perfectionism when He wants us to look to a different vision of perfection, the gospel perfection that Jesus lays before us, which is not about striving, it's about surrender. Colleen, you spent a portion of your career as a presidential speechwriter. Now, that has got to be a position where you feel like you have to be perfect most, if not all of the time. <laughs> That's right. Talk about circles and check marks. Exactly. Yeah, the staffing Gosh. process. Yeah. And so I, I worked for President George W. Bush. It was in his first term, and I was a domestic policy speechwriter. And you would write a speech, and there would literally be 30 people at least who the speech would go to. And everybody's job was to, you know, circle what they thought was not right. And, you know, often they'd wage policy wars in the pages of your speech. And, you know, this guy thought that was all wrong. The other guy wanted to keep it in there and on and on. So, yeah, uh, if you had any problem with perfectionism going in, you definitely had one coming out. But, uh, you know, I always thought perfectionism helped me in work. Um, and sometimes it can. A lot of times it leads to procrastination and other problems. But where it really started to hurt me 
was when I became a mother. And then I started to see, wow, there is no room for this in motherhood because children do not, they're not like a speech that you just keep, you know, picking at until it's it's exactly how you want it. It's a whole different ballgame. And that's very much like our relationship with God. It's not about... Uh, trying to be flawless because we can't do that. It's it's about opening our hearts to what he has for us. And his dreams for us are often very different than the plans and perfectionist uh, illusions that we have for ourselves. Now, Colleen, I'm glad you brought up your kids because in the heart of perfection, you tell a story about when you realized essentially that you had a problem with perfectionism. It's when you took your child to the emergency room. Can you tell us that story? Yes, I, I was nine and a half months pregnant with uh, another baby, and I'm bringing a bleeding toddler to the ER. And, you know, it was an accident. It happened on my watch. I was, you know, listening to this inner critic that I always heard, you know, it's all your fault. It's all your fault. You're a terrible mother. Look at you, da, da, da. And for the first time in my life, I heard, uh, and I don't mean audibly, nothing wacky, but just, you know, I had this sense of a different voice saying, you know what, you have to forgive yourself. You, you screwed up and people screw up, but this child needs a mother and, and you need to keep going on. And it was the first time I was able to identify that the voice of the inner critic in my head was not God's voice. It wasn't even maybe my voice, and it wasn't that voice was not on my side. And that was a real breakthrough for me to realize that, you know, we, we have these voices that we kind of carry around in our heads and we tend to assume, well, that's probably what God's thinking about me. Actually, it, it's not. And often it's our enemy who's trying to convince us, oh, God doesn't want anything to do with you after you screwed this one up so badly. And, you know, that's not at all the message that Jesus gives us in the Gospels. But too often that's what our faith devolves into because we're looking at it through perfectionist eyes. The new book is called The Heart of Perfection, How the Saints Taught Me to Trade My Dream of Perfect for Gods. We're talking to author Colleen Carroll Campbell, who's an award-winning author, print broadcast journalist, and former presidential speechwriter. Okay, so talk about these saints. Um, How did you land on the ones you decided to write about, and why and how have they inspired you? Well, you know, at first I thought I should steer clear of the saints with this problem because, you know, oh, they're spiritual overachievers. They're just going to trigger me. But I was interested to learn as I began to research some of these stories of what I call the recovering perfectionist saints, many of them struggled with these same things. And that great holiness we read about, those great things they did for God, that only came after they recognized the problem with perfectionism. They didn't always call it that, but, you know, they'd call it scrupulosity or anxiety or discouragement. But uh, there were a number of them. I profiled seven of them and, and one uh, unrecovered heretic who's kind of a good cautionary tale. One of my favorites is Jane DeChantel. She was a mom of four who was widowed young. She was beating herself up, staying up all night to pray, trying to do these harsh fasts and penances and driving everyone crazy because she was holding herself and everyone else to these impossibly high standards. And she meets Francis de Sales, himself a recovered perfectionist. He says, no, no, no. The way to holiness is not that hard, driving, white-knuckled flawlessness. It's the way of surrender and gentleness. He, he convinces her to start looking at the little virtues, practicing the little stuff. Don't go looking for a big sacrifice for God. Be cheerful when your kids interrupt you. You know, be gentle with your in-laws who are driving you crazy. Um, pray from the heart and 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 not you know trying to wear yourself out. And as she begins to follow this way, she actually finds it harder to follow than all of her holy heroics she was doing before. But gradually, over the course of decades, Saint Jane de Chantal grows into this paragon of gentleness, and she spreads this message of freedom and gentleness to countless other souls. And and it's just amazing to see how you can be the most hard-driving, perfectionist personality and really be transformed by God's grace when we're willing to cooperate with that grace and to let go of our own rigid notions of what it will look like for us to become holy. Hmm. 
So, Colin, when I hear your talk, it sort of feels like perfectionism is something that you have to engage with almost like a 12-step program in recovery, that you got to go back to this again <laughs> and again and again to, to still clear of all this. I think that's right. You know, we're fallen human beings, and we just want it to be one and done. You know, all right, I spotted this flaw. I'm going to fix this flaw. God's going to fix it for me, and it's over. But one of the keys I learned from these recovering perfectionist saints is that sometimes God allows us to live with flaws in ourselves that drive us crazy. And we pray over and over, why won't you just heal this? Make this go away. And a lot of these saints came to the conclusion it's because sometimes God isn't asking for us to be flawless. He wants us to be humble. And he knows that living with our weakness and this weakness we see in ourselves is what keeps us leaning on him every day, every moment, because we know we need to or we can't, we can't do what we need to do for him. And so that sense, I came to that over and over with these recovering perfectionist saints that I write about in The Heart of Perfection, that it was not something they licked in one year or even a decade. It was something they did have to continue to wrestle with, but it was through that wrestling that they came to bear some of their greatest fruit for the kingdom, precisely because they were in the midst of that battle. Very nice. Colleen Campbell Carroll, The Heart of Perfection, How the Saints Taught Me to Trade My Dreams of Perfect for God's. We'll take a quick break and come back. We've got much more ahead. Stick around. It's The Ride Home with John and Kathy here on Word FM. And I want you to have the home of your dreams. I'm Alyssa Walters, CEO and daughter of family-owned and run BlindsGalore.com. My mom, Shelly. Hi, everyone. And I have been working together for as long as I can remember. We've never settled for mediocre, and you shouldn't either. We're tough customers, but we love to say wow when it's worth it. That's why we built Blinds Galore, to give you designer blinds, shades, drapery, and shutters without the designer price. Get free samples, free shipping, and all the free design help you desire. Our in-house team of experts can help you online or over the phone every step of the way. Plus, you're free to exchange your custom blinds or shades for any reason. It's that simple. We've been doing this for nearly 20 years, and want you to take pride in your window treatments. It's your home after all. You'll love the view. We We promise. promise. Just go to blindsgalore.com. That's blindsgalore.com. The following is a true story. My name is David Bryant. When I was 37, my wife and I decided to get term life insurance through SelectQuote. Just three years later, I was diagnosed with ALS, also known as Lou Gehrig's disease. Because of life insurance, the people I love most in this world will be protected no matter what happens to me. I know that the dreams I have for my family can still come true. Financial security, to stay in the home we became a family in, and for our children to be able to go to college. I reached out to SelectQuote because I wanted to share my story. If just one person purchases life insurance, I know I will have made a difference. SelectQuote can find a 37-year-old male a $500,000 policy for under a dollar a day. If there are people you care about, you need life insurance. It may be the single most important financial decision of your life. Don't put off protecting your family. Get your free quote now. Call 800-671-7070. That's 800-671-7070. 800-671-7070. Or go to selectquote.com. This is a paid endorsement. Get full details on the example policy at selectquote.com slash commercials. Not available in all states. If you'd like a smartphone that's really smart, download the oneplace.com app. The app that will inspire your faith daily and provide answers to the biggest questions of all. One Place lets you download your favorite pastor's programs and listen even offline or in airplane mode with easy connections to your Bluetooth speaker or dashboard. To download your free One Place app, visit the iTunes App Store or the Google Play Store for your Android device and search for One Place. 
That's one place. Most clubs you join require an initiation fee or a club membership, but not the Word FM Discount Shopping Club. No, in our club you save as much as half. Half of home improvement services, web design, family entertainment, music festivals, and much more. All from the comfort of your computer or smartphone. Log on now to wordfm.com slash shopping and God save the green. When's the last time you bought a book of stamps? Just last week. <laughs> I bought one the other day. I got flowers. Uh, I don't know what I got. I didn't pay much attention to it. What? Oh, no. Some little gold seal thing. Oh, that sounds nice. Yeah, I, I also what. got railroads. Oh, okay. There's a railroad thing that's kind of cool right now. Jenna, how about when you're buying stamps now? They're always like forever stamps, aren't they? Yes, yeah. Right? Because they raise in the prices all the time. Right. I wonder. And they want to encourage you to buy as many as possible. Of course they do. I wonder if there's an aftermarket for that, right? You if, Say you bought, you know, $5,000 or $10,000 in forever stamps, and then all of a sudden, you know, five years down the road, 10 years down the road, you could resell them. What do I you think? I that's a some kind of federal offense. You think? Reselling stamps? Why would it be a federal offense? Well, I just have I'm a- just saying it's just like, you know, it's my latest, you know, thought about But that, that's your reti- <laughs> that's your retirement plan. <laughs> that's my my side hustle. <laughs> Forever stamps. Good. I mean, go for it. <laughs> okay, listen, uh President George H.W. Bush uh now has a stamp in his oh, yeah? honor. Yeah. The Postal Service is unveiling a stamp honoring the George H.W. Bush uh, today, as a matter of fact, in uh, College Station, Texas. The stamp features a, an image of George Bush, who served, of course, as president from 89 to 93 in a gray suit, a white shirt, and a, a star-spotted blue tie. Uh, George Bush, you know, he died at uh, the age of 94, and uh, this is the, the first uh, sort of national commemoration. It is... um. The, it's a big deal, I think, because um, it's meant to honor a president, and not many presidents are on stamps. Uh, the dedication of the stamp took I place. I would think every president would be on a stamp. No, that's, that's not the case. That's not. I, I guess I don't know why that is. You know, you can submit suggestions to the postal service, but you would imagine the presidents would get to the front of the line. Mm-hmm. But I, I guess you have to be a deceased president to get on the stamp. I mean, is there any? Um, what? Clinton stamps? Clinton stamps, Barack Obama stamps, uh, George D.W. stamps. No, I feel badly I saying I don't – like when something comes to me in the mail, I don't look at the stamp. I guess I should. Do you always look at the stamp? Um, well, my kid used to collect stamps. He still he still collects stamps. He's kind of that nerd. Mm-hmm. But they've become sort of – Forgettable? Yeah, The I railroad think so. ones are super cool. Yeah. So they're not forgettable. I feel like – it's my problem. I should pay more attention. The only stamps that I've ever saved are the um, uh, Roberto Clemente stamps. Oh, no, that is an awesome stamp which to save. Which was probably save. 35 years ago. That is ago. an awesome stamp to save. Uh, you know, George H.W. Bush, he, he chose the art that he wanted on the stamp. Wow. He also, you know, planned out his whole funeral. Forward-thinking guy. No kidding. Yeah, so didn't pe- mess around. And people lined up to get the stamps, uh, the dedication of the stamps, before they became available to the general public in College Station. Hmm. So people knew this was coming out. I think it's very cool. That is awesome. Speaking of awesome, hey, tonight we're going to be celebrating with EduNations um, in Oakmont. I want yeah. to thank Dean Weaver for a kind invitation and for all the people, Samuel Cisse and all the others in the area who are involved in EduNations. And it's going to be a fun night. We're going to go with uh, the Hoity Toity. Maybe. The Oakmont Country Club, mm-hmm. which I've never been to. Well, I've been to one time. Yeah, I've, I don't think I've ever been there. 
Mm-hmm. But anyway, so it should be a fun night. So thanks for all that. And uh, we want to thank the um, Pittsburgh Girls Choir and the lovely people at Road F. Shalom last night. A beautiful oh program to honor Anne Frank last night. So gorgeous. It's really interesting to go inside of a synagogue. Right, Rota Shalom. I wonder. What age? You think that's from the 20s? No, it was built in 1908. Really? It's so beautiful inside. Really, really gorgeous. I mean, there's so many details. Because, you know, oh. you sit there and you listen to the music, and then, you know, you look at the, the, the choir itself. And then, you, I, for me, I close my eyes to listen to the music. But then, of course, your eyes wander around the, the room of the synagogue. room. Unbelievably beautiful. And the garden afterwards. Did you go out? I, I did not. I've been there with the Boy Scouts. Okay. But just. How about that street with the houses? Isn't that beautiful? The oh. whole area. Oh, my God. The whole area yeah. of North Oakland is so lovely. It surely lovely. is. So Road of Shalom is maybe catty corner to WQED Studios mm-hmm. right across the street. Just really beautiful. Yeah. So thanks for a beautiful program to honor Anne Frank last night on mm-hmm. her 90th birthday. What would have been her 90th birthday? Take a break. Come back. Uh, our 5 o'clock hour. Uh, boy, oh, boy. Bring back home ec. Bring back home ec. Do you feel like you need to learn how to sew and cook all over again? I Listen. think Mike does. I'm concerned about it. Oh, yeah. It. Bring it on then, okay? All right? Get out your needles and your baking pans and let's go at it. How about shop class for the guys? For the, for the guys? Come on, guys. For the girls? girls? I guess. Oh, come on, John. Sharing the word that changes the world. 101.5 WORDFM, Pittsburgh, a service of Salem Media Group. With SRN News, I'm Keith Peters in Washington. Sarah Huckabee Sanders will be departing her position at the end of this month. She told a meeting at the White House today it was an honor to serve as White House Press Secretary. This has been the honor of a lifetime, the opportunity of a lifetime. Uh, I couldn't be prouder to have had the opportunity to serve my country and particularly to work for this president. Uh, He has accomplished so much in these two and a half years, and it's truly been Uh, something I will treasure forever. Again, Sarah Huckabee Sanders will be leaving her job as White House Press Secretary to return home to Arkansas. Two oil tankers have come under a suspected attack near the strategic Strait of Hormuz. One of them set ablaze, and U.S. Secretary of State Mike Pompeo blamed Iran for what he called a campaign of escalating tensions. On Wall Street, the dot by 102 points. This is SRN News. The Ride Home with John and Kathy. Driven by Calusi Chevrolet, serving the Pittsburgh area for over 100 years. At Extreme Car and Truck in Bridgeville, find extreme accessories for all your dirty jobs, like hauling landscape supplies. Protect your vehicle with spray on bed liners, tonneau covers, weather tech floor liners, and more. Say goodbye to dirt and grime inside and out with extreme detailing. Plus, lift kits, electronics, and remote starters. Always a favorite. Extreme Car and Truck in Bridgeville for the extreme in all of us at extremetruck.net. Today's world craves leaders, leaders with vision, moral character, and independent thinking. Leaders aren't born, they're made. And since 1986, Rama Christian School in Moon has laid the foundation that makes leaders. Through academic and extracurricular activities designed to be as instructional as they are competitive, through mission and service opportunities, arts and athletics, an independent school where pre-K through 8th grade students are formed to become
become the independent leaders of tomorrow. Schedule a tour at RamaChristianSchool.org. This is the Entertainment Answer. Kevin Hart is back to voice Snowball in The Secret Life of Pets 2, which he says is a great addition to the first one. The thing that makes this film stand out outside of the first one is just the progression. To see more questions get answered. Not only what they do, but how far do they go to protect what they truly believe in? How much do they value what's considered to be their homes, their families? What levels are they willing to go through to protect those things? The Secret Life of Pets 2, rated PG. For this entertainment answer, I'm Matt Mungle. The backyard's looking great, Rob. Thanks, man. I was planning on adding a deck, too. Know any good contractors? Why don't you just ask HomeAdvisor? Home what? HomeAdvisor.com. You just tell them about your project, and they match you with local pros that can do the job. Nice. Now, how much does it cost? Oh, HomeAdvisor's totally free to use. Plus, you can read customer reviews, check pricing, and book appointments for free. What's the website again? HomeAdvisor.com. Or just download the free HomeAdvisor app. HomeAdvisor. Providence Presbyterian Church, Washington Alliance Church, Bethlehem Lutheran Church, St. John the Baptist Church, Impact Christian Church, The Bible Chapel. What do all these churches from various denominations have in common? Nello Construction. Design and build with one company. Nello Construction. Full service construction from the ground up. Renovation. Expansion. Nello Construction. The choice for churches. See the projects. Begin the journey at NelloConstruction.com. Sometimes if you've heard this as a single person, and I know it's well intended, when people say to you, don't you worry. Word FM presents writer, comedian, and playwright Sherry Lynn. God's going to send that person for you. It's Ladies Night Out, June 21st at the Bible Chapel. What's wrong with that thought process is it says that those of you who are married were ready when you got there. For tickets and group discounts, go to wordfm.com. Breezy with a couple of showers this evening, then turning out partly cloudy later tonight, going down to a low of 48 degrees. Tomorrow, mostly sunny with a refreshing breeze, high 71. Partly cloudy tomorrow night, low 54. Then for Saturday, Periods of clouds and sun with a shower in some spots for the afternoon. High Saturday, 74 degrees. With Iraqi weather forecast, I'm meteorologist Danielle Niddle. Welcome to another edition of The Ride Home with John and Kathy, live from the Salem-Pittsburgh studios. And now here are your hosts, John Hall and Kathy Emmons. I think back in seventh grade, we were compelled to walk across town and go to, because I went to a Catholic grade school, and we were compelled to go across town to the local public school and engage in uh, shop class with Mr. Hebda. Uh, which involved a lot of power saws and sanders and drills. And so Mr. Hebda, they called him Woody behind his back. Mr. Hebda. (laughs) (laughs) Mr. Hebda had to instruct a bunch of us coconut kids. I remember the first day of a shop class. He said, this is a drill. If you screw with this drill and you mess it up, I will paddle you. This is a saw. If you screw with this thing and mess it up, I will paddle you. So you were like paralyzed in this room because anything you touched, you were going to be paddled. However, the good news was shop class did provide some dividends because at least it made you familiar with what the necessities of doing some things around the house. Shop class was essential. Were you in shop class? Yes. Yeah. 
course. Mike, did you have shop? Yes. Did yep. you? Did, did you? Did you have home ec? Yep. In seventh grade, we had to take both. Yeah. And then in eighth grade, you you had to choose. Yeah. Which one are you going to take? What'd you choose? As an elective. I choose the. Uh, you choose. <laughs> I chose the <laughs> English. I chose the English. No, um, woodshop. Okay, yeah. woodshop. And I, I like made, woodshop. I made a chair and a table. How about and a birdhouse? See, that's awesome, isn't it? Yeah, it was oh, so yeah, much yeah. fun. I made a secret, like you know, treasure yeah. box. Oh, did you? Oh, nice. yeah. Uh-huh. Okay. Mm-hmm. Lions on it and leather, and it was cool. But also, we had to do um, uh, mechanical drawing. Did you do that? Oh too? yeah. Uh-huh. Oh, cool. Yeah. Now, when I was in tenth uh, grade. I I had I liked my shop classes so much. I took metal shop as an elective Whoa. in tenth grade. Yeah, and um, I don't know if you had this at your school that halfway through the semester, if you were either doing really well or really badly in a class, you would get a progress report. Yes. Oh yeah, sure. Okay? Oh, yeah. Yeah. And uh, in the middle of my first semester of tenth grade, I got my parents got two progress reports, and the first one said that I was failing geometry, and the second one said I had the highest grade in the class in metal shop. Oh, nice. Wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, cool. my father, who was an engineer, was a little disturbed that it wasn't flipped. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Sure, sure, yeah. But uh, he did get a grill set out of it. Oh, a nice. grill set? Yeah, I made like a, you know, I made tongs. I made se- oh, several spatulas cool. of different sizes, and I dipped the handles. I mean, I was heavy into oh, it. Oh, nice. I love metal shop. Do you still have them? Yeah, a couple, uh, only two. Yeah. I, there were like eight originally. Six of them kind of Well, you know, it's been a while. Apart. Yeah, it's yeah. cool. Okay, so... They don't teach that in public schools well, anymore. Well, they, they do have those things. They do, yeah. Because when I when I go to curriculum night at um, my local high school, I always try to go down and look in the shop. They yeah. have both. They have they have a really sophisticated wood shop, way way they, way beyond really? anything I was doing there, um, because my kids go to the same high school that I went to, um, and there's also a metal shop. Really, but. It's not mandatory. Like you don't – in seventh grade, the only reason to. I ended up taking it as an elective is because I had it required and I liked it. And right, so I right. took it again. But you don't have the opportunity. There's, it's not mandatory to take. Well, that's a shame. Isn't it? Yeah. There's an article called Bring Back Home Ec, and this is uh, from a website called Healthy Food House. And it's just an article advocating um, for things like sewing and cooking and wood shop and metal shop because the author of the article thinks that – Kids don't know basic life skills, so they might do well, and they've gotten through, you know, a couple semesters mm-hmm. of geometry, and they've made it all the way to Calc three or whatever, and they've got AP Physics. And what, but when it comes to just normal stuff like how do I cook pancakes, yeah. nobody knows how. I feel what? like this is true. I feel like most millennials, if they can't make it in a microwave, they won't try to cook it. Oh, really? No, I mean, my kids cook. Really? Yeah, yeah, my kids will cook. Your kids won't cook? My, my kids will cook. Yeah, sure. But, yeah, that's, but you know, we no. did that. Yeah. But, Mike, you don't feel like people – do you cook? Rarely. Rarely. Okay. But Rarely. your wife cooks? Yes. Okay. But you lived – did you live alone as a single guy for a while? Yeah, I did. Well, what did you eat? Uh, well, I, I worked at when, when I worked at Chick Fil A. Oh, yeah, Chick Fil A. Yeah, okay. Ate, ate where I worked. Yeah, yeah. I guess so. Uh, sure. But yeah, I mean, I, I can I can only cook mac and cheese and spaghetti and steak and hamburgers and right, you right, know, the basics. The basics. You know, I'm not I'm not making filet mignon here. No, of course not. Well, that's yeah. pretty easy. That what filet? Yeah, I mean, well, just yeah, don't overcook it. Yeah, except you're gonna. If you do overcook it, you oh, yeah, screwed yeah. up with something that's extremely <laughs> expensive. expensive so yeah. it's kind of, I don't know. When I look back to home ec, I had a semester of sewing, a semester of cooking, and then a semester of wood shop and a semester of metal shop. Yeah. Is that what you had also? Uh, we did not have um, home ec. No. No. You didn't? No. So you didn't have sewing or cooking? I did not. <gasps> Mm-mm. Just wood shop. 
wood shop and Did, uh, mechanical oh, engineering yeah, yeah. or drafting or something. Yeah, yeah, drafting. What about? Are you saying that the girl? <laughs> are you saying that the girls didn't have wood shop and metal shop? Right. <gasps> how about mm-hmm. that? Yeah. See, that's a shame. Yeah. My dad wouldn't have gotten a girl set if I was living no, under no, that no. reality. No. It's better now. It's better. It's it, well. I mean, it, I, I should say I think it was better when I was in school that everybody had to do everything. Yeah. Well, I don't know. Do you know how to sew? Um, well, it's funny you bring this up because when I was in school for theater, you had to take. Oh you know, right, sure. So shop. I, I spent time in the costume shop. Yeah. So I mean, you know, I was as a single man, I could you know hem something if I had to, or you know just the basics. Yeah, but, I'm a terrible know, seamstress. Me, I'm really horrible. My wife is fabulous. I know, and I envy people so much who are able to do things Shoot. like that. What about you, Mike? Do you, can you sew? After um, I almost burnt down the cinnamon rolls at Home Ec, my teacher kind of shunned me. Yeah. So shunned I never, <laughs> I never got to learn uh, uh, the whole knitting thing. You we never? Did, no. I, no. I, I tried. So, I said sewing. Sorry, I didn't knitting. say knitting. Sewing. <laughs> sewing, knitting. You, do you know the difference? No. no. <laughs> See? I love it. Forget it. Knitting, sewing. Well, one's yarn. But, you know, one's fabric. <laughs> this is just a, um, a societal thing, right? I mean, not many people sew anymore. No. Right? That's why if you could sew, you could make a killing. Yeah. Well, in our neighborhood, uh, somebody just opened up a, a seamstress, a t- just opened up a shop. That is so great. Yeah. Listen, I have a friend who uh, makes draperies and, you know, home deck fabric, you know, custom yeah, yeah. window treatments and pillows. And I've worked with her for years. And she is doing very well i'm sure because it, people look at her like she's some type of like magician it's an art it is an art well you know we were talking about uh, the the mennonites and the amish and the, their eighth grade education that's they're, they're done at that but the skills that they know go on for a yeah. lifetime oh they're much me? different right you know who was elam Elam, Elam, Elam Zook was saying, well, yeah, I've got an eighth grade education, but the things I can do, I'm, I can farm, I can, you know, weld, I can, you know, I'm a contractor, all those things. So, yeah, we do ourselves a disservice, don't we? Okay. So coming up a, late, a little later this hour, we're going to talk about a memento from your childhood that you still wish you had. Oh, man. What's something you look back on, you think, oh, I wish I would have kept that. Yeah. I got a few of those things. All right, stick around. Uh, what's next? Yeah, we're going to talk about the oh. Southern Baptists. They've just voted to name abuse as grounds for expelling churches. It's Kate Shelna from Christianity Today next on The Ride Home. 101.5 WORD. Playing Pittsburgh's favorite Christian music on the weekend. With the best new music. New, 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 music. new music from Jeremy Camp, Dead Man Walking. I was a dead man. Split the Seat by Hannah Kerr. And Up Again, new from Dan Bremnis. You gotta get up, up again. Get up, up again. The best new music and Pittsburgh's favorites. Brought to you by Nello Construction and Trinity Jewelers. 101.5 WORD on the weekend. So you sit down and do your budget and you look at all your monthly costs and your bills and your income and it seems like there's never quite enough. You know what would really help. Finding $500 a month to help balance things out. That is the typical savings. $500 a month for a family when you switch to MediShare for your health care. And when it comes to health care sharing ministries, MediShare is really the gold standard. It's been around for 25 years and has more than 400,000 members. It's been around so long and grown so much because it works. And whether you're single or married or have kids, this could make sitting down to do a monthly budget a lot more fun. 
$500 a month can more than cover a car payment or payback loans, whatever. So join MediShare and go out to dinner to celebrate. Here's the number to call. They are incredibly kind and helpful to talk to. 844-41-BIBLE. That's 844-41-BIBLE. 844-41-BIBLE. Sight and Sound Theaters presents the biblical stage adventure, Returning to Lancaster. Who exactly is he? He's a miracle worker, a healer, a prophet. This Jesus is a rebel. Everything Jesus does points to love. Seen by nearly one million people in its debut year, the original stage production is returning for one last encore season. Jesus, live on stage at Sight and Sound Theaters in Lancaster, Pennsylvania. More information is available at sight-sound.com. If you'd like a smartphone that's really smart, download the OnePlace.com app, the app that will inspire your faith daily and provide answers to the biggest questions of all. OnePlace lets you download your favorite pastor's programs and listen, even offline or in airplane mode, with easy connections to your Bluetooth speaker or dashboard. To download your free OnePlace app, visit the iTunes App Store or the Google Play Store for your Android device and search for OnePlace. That's one place. Sometimes if you've heard this as a single person, and I know it's well intended, when people say to you, don't you worry. Word FM presents writer, comedian, and playwright Sherry Lynn. God's going to send that person for you. It's Ladies Night Out, June 21st at the Bible Chapel. What's wrong with that thought process is it says that those of you who are married were ready when you got married. Some wives look at their husband like we've been married 23 years, he's still in. For tickets and group discounts, go to wordfm.com. The Southern Baptists convened this week for a long anticipated gathering where they tried to sort out many different facets uh, within the denomination which have made the headlines over the years. Here to talk to us about that is Kate Shellnut. Kate is the associate editor for Christianity Today, and she was there in person to look at the proceedings. Kate, welcome to the show. Hi, thanks for having me. So, Kate, this has been uh, anticipated for a long time. Uh, When the Houston Chronicle earlier this year published its report on sex abuse in the Southern Baptist churches, it sent a shockwave through people who really didn't know the details of it. Um, Now that the the convention has convened and uh, decisions have been made, uh, talk about what's happened and, and what the overall tenor of the meetings has been. Sure. So the probably for the past year and a half, two years, we've seen um, more high-profile stories of people coming forward with sexual abuse cases, and then we've also had that investigation from the, the Houston Chronicle, and I think this was a good time for Southern Baptists to rally together and say, all right, let's talk about this with a unified voice, let's make some plans for what we can do in our individual churches, and um, let's, you know, be 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 united in our response to condemn it. And so there's some incremental steps being made in terms of what do we do when these allegations come up and how can we address it when it's happening in Southern Baptist churches. So, Kate, what was the tone in the room over the several days? Was there a worthy discussion? Was there heartbreak? Were people transparent in their feelings? Was it contentious? The first event of... Um, 
that I went to that was Monday night, the night before the convention officially started, was a panel specifically to address sexual abuse. And I think it was, it really set the tone for the meeting. This was a packed room of 1,500 people, um, standing room only, and all of them had reserved seats. And so people really made it a priority to show up. And this was, I think, from sexual abuse survivors. We heard from members of a committee that was appointed to study sexual abuse and from um, Russell Moore, the head of the ERLC, the Evangelical, or the Ethics and Religious Liberty Commission. And um, all of those things, I think, were very poignant and moving and um, I think really shocking to some people, just the level of detail and, and um, how much people had gone through. For, so from there, I think people were really hopeful and prayerful and glad that there was such a robust um, discussion uh, that was being had after seeing, reading about all these things in the news or hearing stories here and there, for them to be together and to pray about it and lament and grieve over what had happened um, across their denomination. Talk about the people who um, were gathered outside uh, the convention. So people who weren't actually, they're called messengers. Am I right about that? Yes. Okay, so people who weren't messengers, but people who were concerned um, about what was going on at the Southern Baptist Convention, perhaps they were abuse survivors or whatever. Um, How happy are they with what they have heard and the decisions that were made by the actual convention? I think in the minds of of the the rally participants, the rally was called for such a time as this. It's their second year gathering, um, and there were a few dozen people there. um, But they see this as really kind of too little and too late. Mm. They really wanted um, a more dramatic decision, um, regulations to be put in place immediately, you know, action taken to remove pastors from pulpits who have been accused of harboring predators. Um, And they've also been saying, we've been saying this for years and years, how come it's taken until now to really see momentum on this issue? The big thing that they're calling for is a database of um, pastors who have been credibly accused or even convicted um, in criminal cases of um, abuse. Uh, in order to keep them getting back into ministry context or churches, because that's one thing that's come across in the reporting, is that a number of people who even serve jail time or are registered sex offenders are actually being hired um, in some cases and returning to ministry settings where they could be putting children and women and members of their congregation in danger. I see. So, Kate, when that question was asked, why did it take so long for us to get to this point, was there a credible answer? I think that um, I think that I'll use the word that Moore said when I, I asked her about this first story I wrote for Christianity Today this month. And part of it was that she said the people who didn't know what was happening really couldn't fathom how bad it was. And then the people who did know um, didn't want to get into um, the level of of evil that was happening, mm. uh, that, that the people who knew had an incentive, I think, to cover it up, and the people who didn't know really had no idea of, of um, the extent of the problem. And so now it's really more in people's light, in people's mindset, and they're finally able to take some momentum. But um, the big tension point here is that the Southern Baptists are not a hierarchical organization like the Catholic Church. All the churches are independent and autonomous. So as a denomination, they set these priorities, they have discussions, but they can't always enforce what happens 
or oversee what happens in individual congregations. And that's been their excuse for a while, is that we want to keep congregations autonomous. We don't want to be the one in control. But they're saying at some point, um, you have, we have to do something if we can to help prevent um, children and women from becoming victims. And so they're, they're starting to say that's not a good enough excuse, and we're going to um, take some action. Kate Shonnett is with us, Associate Editor for Christianity Today. Kate, in the, uh, in the run-up, to the Southern Baptist Convention when everyone who was following the story knew that there were going to be at the top of the list discussions about sexual abuse that had happened in um, in churches in the Southern Baptist Convention. Uh, there was also a lot of conversation, especially going on in social media, about how men's and women's roles were going to be discussed once the convening happened. Um, so talk about that. Talk about how those discussions or panels evolved, and um, how was the conversation around Beth Moore? Yeah, so I think that um, there were some interesting things about the relationship between uh, the role of women, whether women can preach and teach and lead in the Southern Baptist Convention, and the sexual abuse conversation. One thing that was interesting is that after a big presentation all about sexual abuse, uh, finished up the very first question when people came to a microphone in an auditorium filled with 8,000 messengers was someone who said, well, what about women teaching? And it really kind of encapsulated um, what people have seen as a dissonance of, okay, why are we caring so much or having such a rigorous debate about women teaching um, when a lot of that is happening within acceptable Baptist practice, um, but we're not as, like, concerned or on alert when uh, people are being abused. Um, So there's a little bit of a frustration when you look at those two issues in comparison to one another. Right. At the same time, uh, president, the president of the Southern Baptist Convention, J.D. Gruder, he led a panel of women, uh, but that Beth Moore actually decided not to participate in because she felt like it would be a distraction from the discussion because of all of what had happened um, in the weeks leading up to it. But in this panel, he did pose the question, um, do you think uh, the lack of women in leadership for Southern Baptist has um has exacerbated this problem for us of sexual abuse. Um, and the fact that he went there, I thought, was really surprising and bold. Mm. Um, and the response was yes and no. Uh, the woman said, um, I think, yeah, having more women in leadership could only have helped. Uh, but there's nothing we can do that's going to be a silver bullet to prevent this because um, predators are manipulative and grooming, and they, you know, can get by almost any structure we have. Um, but certainly having women there who women could go to with um, suspicions or allegations uh, more readily, who maybe are more likely to believe women when they come forward, um, would have been a help. So do you think that Russell Moore and the leadership of the Southern Baptist Convention took these matters to heart and there will be some changes? Yeah, I think especially Russell Moore and J.D. Greer are speaking very, very boldly, um, in, especially in spiritual terms, about calling sexual abuse satanic, um, spiritual rape, a product mm-hmm. of the devil, evil, just this really elevated language. And they have prioritized, even before that big investigation by the Houston Chronicle, this robust report of recommendations for churches and a full curriculum for what you can do to look at your processes, to improve the way that you respond, to proactively reach out to victims, to offer training um, to people at all levels of involvement in your church. 
a ton of stuff, but it's really going to be up to the churches themselves whether they're going to implement it. So I think the Southern Baptists are on the right track um, in terms of what they're offering and putting forward, the ways that they've studied, um, kind of stats and theological and practical failures, uh, but some of it is going to be in the hands of individual pastors and leaders um, going forward. Yeah. Well, Kate, our time's almost up, but, uh, you know, I don't follow J.D. Greer very closely, but I do follow Russell Moore. He's on our show pretty regularly. And, you know, I, I feel um, I feel a sense of peace. I mean, it's not my denomination, so I'm, I'm on the outside looking in, but I feel a sense of peace about how seriously he's taking the abuse issue. I wonder, though, looking at the Southern Baptist Convention as a whole, and I want to get your opinion on this, uh, it's not that the sexual abuse and the role of women in the church are completely connected. It's not like it's, you know, one issue and the other. It's They're not completely connected, but they're not completely disconnected either. I mean, yeah. I think that's what makes the conversation difficult. Mm-hmm. I want to recognize that there are people, I'm not a complementarian. I recognize that it's a complementarian uh, denomination. I recognize that there are different modes of, of biblical interpretation there. But at the same time, women have been misused in multiple ways. Um, and I think that's what they need to come to grips with. What do you say? Yeah, I think that that's part of um, what the conversation was getting at, that that there are some ways, and the report that they released um, at the convention, um, the two-page report, included a whole section that talked about um, misapplication of complementarian theology mm. and um, an overemphasis on female submission to all men. Um so they're not really backing down from, you know, reserving pastoral role or the role of the pastor for men or senior leadership for men um, in the church. But they're saying we've done a lot that isn't in line with that, that is making the situation worse. So okay. I think there is more ownership of it. Um, and actually, not as much pushback as I thought, because um, I, I, I agree with you that Dr. Moore and J.D. Greer are really leading the charge here. Um, but I think a lot of people are on board um, with it, uh, more people than you would think, and across like theological and political lines, have people in their own families or lives who have been abuse victims, and um, we don't always know how this is going to hit home for people, um, and how much they're really going to embrace it, knowing what can happen in these worst-case scenarios. That's good. Well, Kate, thanks a lot for your reporting. We're fans, and we greatly appreciate your advocacy and the the excellence of your reporting, and we look forward to reading more about uh, this in your writings at Christianity Today. Kate Shelnut uh, Shelnut has been with us. She's Associate Editor for Christianity Today, and, of course, information about Kate on our Facebook page, The Ride Home with John and Kathy, or johnandkathyshow.com, and within the pages of Christianity Today. denied credit? Are you paying high interest rates because of a low credit score? Join the thousands of people who've relied on creditrepair.com to help rebuild their credit score. I went to get my first car. I had to get a used car, high interest, and so I knew that things were things were done from there. For over 15 years, we've helped thousands with their search for solutions to credit issues. We communicate with you, your creditors, and the credit bureaus with a unique approach designed to remove items like late payments, collections, charge-offs, liens, bankruptcy, and foreclosures that are unfair or inaccurate. And I've gone up 40 points already. 
There are many services offering to tell you your credit score and even monitor it for you. But what good is just knowing your credit score when what you really need is to fix it? Credit repair members see a significant improvement in their credit scores month after month. Call now to get your no-obligation credit consultation, including your free credit score and free summary credit report. Don't delay. Call 800-859-0720. That's 800-859-0720. 800-859-0720. This is the Entertainment Answer. How does Eric Stone Street say his character Duke has evolved in The Secret Life of Pets 2. Duke's more comfortable now because he knows he has a home, and I wouldn't say Duke is smarter, but I, I think Duke runs that perfect line of, is he smart or not smart? Because you can just kind of judge him and think, like, well, he's kind of aloof, but then he says some pretty, pretty smart things every once in a while, and you're like, wait, hold on, which one is he? The Secret Life of Pets 2, rated PG. For this entertainment answer, I'm Matt Mungle. Guess what? Right now is the perfect time to tackle those home projects you've been putting off. So come summertime, you can just sit back and relax. HomeAdvisor can help get you started. HomeAdvisor matches you to the right pro for the job in seconds. You can read reviews and even book appointments online. HomeAdvisor can help with any home project, big or small, painting, plumbing, even remodeling. Find a great pro now before the busy season hits. Go to HomeAdvisor.com or download the free app. HomeAdvisor. You know, they say the best is yet to come. But to make that true for your retirement, you need a plan. We'll start by tuning in for Your Retirement Blueprint with Kurt Kenotic and Ethan Lane with Accurate Solutions Group every Saturday morning at 10. Kurt and Ethan can help simplify the retirement planning process. No technical terms or calculations, no product pushing, just the information you need for retirement. Don't miss Your Retirement Blueprint with Kurt Kenotic and Ethan Lane of Accurate Solutions Group every Saturday morning at 10 right here on 101.5 Word FM. Sometimes if you've heard this as a single person, and I know it's well-intended, when people say to you, don't you worry. Word FM presents writer, comedian, and playwright Sherry Lynn. God's going to send that person for you. It's Ladies Night Out, June 21st at the Bible Chapel. What's wrong with that thought process is it says that those of you who are married were ready when you got married. I saw some wives looking at their husband like, we've been married 23 years, he's still ain't ready. For tickets and group discounts, go to wordfm.com. Breezy with a couple of showers this evening, then turning out partly cloudy later tonight, going down to a low of 48 degrees. Tomorrow, mostly sunny with a refreshing breeze, high 71. Partly cloudy tomorrow night, low 54. Then for Saturday, periods of clouds and sun with a shower in some spots for the afternoon, high Saturday, 74 degrees. With Iraqi weather forecast, I'm meteorologist Danielle Niddle. FM is offering an incredible and limited opportunities to a new family at participating Christian schools all throughout Western Pennsylvania. Here to talk to us about Rima Christian School is Chris Burnt. Chris is the principal of Rima. Chris, welcome to Word FM. How are you today? Oh, I'm doing great, John. Thank you. Yeah, pleasure. Hey, Chris, uh, school year, is it over at Rima? It is. It just finished last week. Fabulous. So um, not that you're uh, totally devoid of work. There's always work to do, I'm sure, as the principal. <laughs> but it's nice to have a little downtime, isn't it? It sure is, but it starts right up again for preparations for the next year. Excellent. Hey, hey talk to us for a second about Rima Christian School. Uh, how many students? You've been in operation for how long? Well, we've been in operation since 1980, so about uh, almost 40 years. Wow. And, uh, yeah, there are about 
Oh, 180 kids at the school from preschool through eighth grade. Excellent. Now, Chris, I think whenever I talk to people, and this is a misnomer because my kids attended Christian schools as well, a lot of families would go, well, you know, um, I'd like to send my kids to a Christian school, but I, I don't believe they get a quality education. I find this to be a disingenuous, disingenuous talk. What's your take on that? Yeah, I would say that the data really speaks for itself. When we take a look at everything from our standardized uh, test achievement scores to, uh, uh, to to the weights children uh, do when they graduate from our school and they matriculate to other schools, uh, it's it's phenomenal. Our eighth graders graduated in the 98th percentile across all core curricula this past year. That's in the top two percent in the country. Uh, and then when they go to the you know, when they go to their high schools, uh, we have 100 uh, percent satisfaction that kids all believe that they're well prepared for the next level. Nice. So talk to us about the half-price tuition. I mean, everybody knows, you know, you're, you're paying your local taxes for your local elementary school, but then for a private school, you're going to go above and beyond. For a lot of people, that's, you know, that's a big stretch. For some families, it's cost prohibitive. But with this deal of half-price tuition that Rena's offering right now, this is a win-win for everybody. It really is, and we've utilized this incredible opportunity in the past, and it's reaped incredible benefits for, for families. We have one family last year that took advantage of this uh, opportunity, and their child wasn't doing well at school uh, where they were previously at. Uh, he had really lost his fire for his faith, uh, and, and he lost confidence. And they took advantage of this particular deal, got him into the school. This boy had a radical transformation. His faith, he's on fire for Jesus now. He's got a sense of identity rooted in a divine call that's being nurtured at the school. His confidence is up. He's doing great academically. So uh, they, they didn't think they could afford this, but when they took advantage of this opportunity, it opened up the world for their son. Outstanding. I mean, truly, a Christian education, the cost is priceless. Half-price tuition going on right now at wordfm.com. Chris Burnt from Rima Christian School, where he's the principal, Rima Christian School in Moon Township. Hey, Chris, thanks an awful lot for getting the word out about half-price tuition, and uh, enjoy your summer, however that peaceful thing comes to you. <laughs> thanks very much, John. You too. WORD. Hi, I'm Andrew Farley, author of Twisted Scripture, Untangling 45 Lies Christians Have Been Told. I'll be sending one lucky winner and a companion to Dallas, Texas for the Twisted Scripture Conference this November. Enter on this station's website and download my free guide to your identity in Christ. Hope to see you in Dallas. Sign up for the Twisted Scripture Conference Getaway in Dallas now. Go to wordfm.com. Hey, it's John Hall. So a while back, the folks at MyPillow said, Hey, John, can you try out a MyPillow and let us know what you think? I was skeptical. I mean, it's a pillow. But what did I have to lose, right? I'll tell you what I lost. Interrupted sleep. No more folding the pillow in half. No more flat, lifeless pillows. It changed my life. So I'm letting you know, you need my pillow. Well, not my actual pillow, but your own MyPillow. It stays cool all night long. No more waking up at 3 a.m. to flip to the cool side of the pillow. It keeps its shape. No more reshaping your pillow in the middle of the night. It comes with a 60-day money-back guarantee. Try it. Don't like it? Return it. My pillow comes with a 10-year warranty. Do you have a pillow that comes with a 10-year warranty? You can toss a My Pillow into your washer and dryer. It's like new again. 
Get a two-pack of MyPillow's premiums for $69.98. That's only $34.99 per pillow, the lowest price ever offered on radio or TV. This offer is only available at MyPillow.com or call 800-391-0954. Use promo code WORD. She has a calming spirit. You can tell she's a genuine person and actually cares. Exceptional dentistry meets compassionate care with Dr. Megan Stock. She was just friendly and nice, and her office staff is actually just as welcoming. And you can tell that they all are really on the same page and they want to help people. And even my family members, like my mom goes to her and she's always been terrified of dentists and she just raves about Dr. Megan. Stock Family Dentistry on Perry Highway in Wexford at StockFamilyDentistry.com. How does Eden Christian Academy prepare students for success? Through education that ignites the mind and inspires the spirit from pre-K through 12th grade, through 47 state-certified full-time teachers and opportunities in sports, the arts, and service to the community with results like SAT scores 200 points over the national average. Schedule a tour at any of Eden's three North Hills campuses and see what the area's largest non-denominational Christian school has to offer at EdenChristianAcademy.org. It's getting harder and harder to make sense out of today's headlines. To stay on top of breaking world and national news with a Christian worldview and a faith-based perspective on what it means, turn to ChristianHeadlines.com. Log on to ChristianHeadlines.com for the very latest news and then sign up for our free daily newsletter to stay one step ahead of what's happening. Get out of the mainstream media rut with top news and positive headlines every day with ChristianHeadlines.com. Hey, thanks for being with us. Um, you know, in all the minutia of your life, you know, all the things that you acquire, all those material goods, uh, there are some things that, especially from your childhood, that you, you've let go. And at least for me, sometimes I think of those things and I think, boy, I'd like to see that again. Mm-hmm. Or if I could just, if I could just, you know, because touch that or just, and I don't, I don't even know what it means. Maybe it's just sort of nostalgia, just for pure nostalgia. But there are certain things to me that in my childhood were so important to me that are lost to somewhere. They're in a land, you know, landfill somewhere probably. Like you mean physical things? Yeah. Like, for example? Well, the big thing I think about a lot is when I was a little kid, um, you know, those, um, those banana seat bikes. Oh, yeah were like becoming all the rage, right? And I had a friend who, he had one like with a gear shifter and this big, beautiful, and I was like, oh, man. And, of course, my parents, you know, well, there's seven kids. The last thing they were going to do is buy me one of those bikes, new. But my dad, being my dad, he built me one. He built one in the basement, him and my brother. And I remember coming downstairs on my birthday. I was nine years, I was nine years old. And I came downstairs, and there in the living room, with a kickstand down and bright red, with a red and white seat and these high handlebars and this sissy bar in the back, was this bike. And I rode that bike probably, I bet you, until I was 15 years old when I got my first serious 10-speed. And I, I don't know what ever happened to that bike. I mean, my parents moved. The house sort of, you know, went in all the different directions. And I didn't take that bike with me. 
But I think of that bike only because I know what he did. I mean, he he found a frame, he stripped it down, he took that frame to the factory that he worked in, and he painted it there in this big, bright red dip. And him and my brother built this thing, handmade. And it was the coolest bike. I mean, that, my buddy of mine with that store-bought thing, I crushed that kid's bike. I just loved that bike. So I would give more than anything to acquire that bike again. But, of course, it's gone forever. So I think about that. What are those things, those objects from your childhood that you still wish you could have? Hmm. You ever think about that? Mike, you have something? I had a, I had a, a Bible that was filled with letters with myself, from myself and uh, my grandparents. When I, was in, when I was six years old, I learned how to write a letter. And send it out in the mail. Yeah. And I just thought it was the coolest thing. Of course. So every once a year, I would mail my grandparents a letter, and they'd write me back. <laughs> well, I had it stored in a Bible, and it that thing was massive. I don't, to this day, I have no idea how I lost that thing. But from time to time, when I was a teenager, I, w- I would look through that Bible and find some letters and open it up and read and just reflect you know, uh, on you know, the the relate with the relationship that my grandparents and I had, and I, to this day, I have I cannot find that thing. It's gone. It's gone. And I looked up and down everywhere. Uh, and you my think parents I house, wouldn't have basement. thrown that out? What yeah, could have possibly happened right, to it. Right, right. But somewhere it, in your moves. Right, and so right. It's just somewhere, either to college, to college or, or first apartment right. or whatever. Yeah, it I got have, tossed to out. No, I, I have no idea where that thing went. Man, I would love to find that. Yeah, thing. yeah, yeah. And it, you know, it doesn't mean anything. To only mean something to you. Yeah, just to you. Right. And even if you possessed it, it'd be great to hold again. But yeah. I guess in the whole scheme of life, it's just mm-hmm. more stuff. I right. mean, Marie Kondo, you know. But those, <laughs> but but that thing that sparked joy. Yeah, that bike did. for me, man. If I had that bike, that would spark you, a lot of joy. As soon as you look at it, just instant happiness. Oh my gosh! Yeah, so much joy. Mm-hmm. You got anything? I got to be honest. I, I, I have been so obsessive about keeping things. All your life? Yeah. I mean, since I was a little girl. And so I can't think of anything I wish I had that I don't have. Oh, that's great. I mean, I have covered. I have my my blanket from when I was like two and three years old. Really? Um, That was a big deal to me. I remember very, very clearly how important my blanket was. And it's in absolute tatters. I mean, it's just basically a a big series of knots is what it is. Because every time (laughs) a part would fall off, I'd just, you know, tie it in a knot with the rest of it. It's a complete disaster. But I have that. I have my very first stuffed animals from when I was like, you know, a baby. Really? I have, yeah, I, I, I really, and I... This is a perpetual problem with my husband and I, as you might imagine. Yeah, because he wants to get rid of stuff. Right. But you won't get rid of it. But here's the problem. Okay, so now you have all that stuff. When the time comes and you're an old lady right. what and am you I... pass away, right. your kids are going to go, What is this? This means nothing to me. Right. What is this blanket? Right. This isn't even a blanket. What is this knot of material? It's, give us a call. 800 320 8255 800-320-8255. Is there something in your life? A memento from your childhood, maybe? A book? A bike? Yeah. Something that you wish you could put your hands on, and then for some reason they're gone. Yeah. Because I'm sure, right, the attics and basements of America are filled with those things. And then maybe I could give 
my husband's phone number to you and you could call him and say that it's a good thing that I've kept this stuff. 800-320-8255. What, what is that memento from your childhood that you wish you had? We got a phone call already? Okay, good. Okay, let's go to the phones. Uh, Vince, hey Vince, thanks for listening and uh, joining the conversation. What would you wish oh, you had? Yes. You know, this uh, discussion you're talking about here, uh, mine was something, I wasn't a Christian then, but <clears throat> I, I had two of these gray Lionel trains. They were the massive ones with a with a big two thousand uh, dollar transformer, yeah. and I had an American Flyer, and all these things went around and around wow. and a lot. And then I went in the Navy, and the house got sold, and all three of the trains disappeared. And you have no That's idea where they story. went. What's that, Vince? You have no idea where they went. I don't have the slightest idea if they're still alive or what. Isn't that funny? <laughs> and, you, and you think, did somebody decide to toss them? Or sell them? when? Did... I don't know, because I know those Transformers are expensive, and they sure uh, are keepers. But right. uh, yeah. no, I have no idea. No idea at all. They're, maybe so they anyway, made... enjoy listening to you. Have a good night. Thanks, Vince. Thank you, Vince. I'm sure that they've made their appearance on eBay at some point, perhaps, right? I'm sure that's how a lot of stuff uh, ends yeah, up on eBay right. or uh, the Antiques Roadshow. 800-320-8255. What's that memento from your childhood that you still wish you had? Give us a call. Let's go to the phones and start, uh, talk with Becky. Hey, Beck, uh, thanks for joining the conversation. What do you wish you had? I had a Chatty Cathy doll. Oh, my gosh. And my uh, mother, one day I came home and I was looking for it, and here she had given it to a little girl that didn't have any dolls, and that devastated me. <laughs> but um, I learned to appreciate that as I got older as to what she did. But I've always wanted a Chatty Cathy doll back again. And about three or four Christmases ago, Hallmark had come out with a Chatty Cathy ornament, and my brother knew that that was important to me, so he bought me the ornament so that I would still kind of oh, have it. Like, sweet. But it, yeah, and it didn't, uh, you could pull the string and it actually talked just like the big one, but oh, that was cool. something that I'll never forget. What, what do you think a, a chatty Cathy doll goes for now? Any idea? Oh, no, I have no idea. Yeah. But every, I still, I still wish that I still had that doll. That was like one of my favorite dolls. And I'm a um, cosmetology instructor. And I can remember I chopped that poor little thing's doll up, so I guess I was meant to be a cosmetology teacher. <laughs> sure. Thanks, Peck. That's good. John, you don't need the doll. You got the real thing. Uh, what do you mean? The chatty Kathy. <laughs> 800-320-8255. What's that memento from your childhood that you still wish you had? Um, in my many, many, many moves, uh, I stored some stuff at one of my sister's houses, like, you know, childhood books, papers, that kind of stuff. She threw them out. No. Just gone. Uh, yeah. Uh, clean, I mean, cleaning house, and they've gone to the waste bin of somewhere in some landfill somewhere. And again, it's just those things. I think, oh, remember that book that I had? Or how about that? They're gone. But it doesn't mean anything because if, if you go down to my basement, I bet you I have, I don't know, eight, maybe ten of those storage tubs mm -hmm. filled with. You don't know what. I know what's in there. You know, old scripts, old oh, yeah. whatever. And I think, 
Well, I guess I should just get rid of that. Yeah, but then you don't want to because there's you're going to be calling some radio show five years from now talking about how you wish you had that script. But what does it mean? At some point, you know, you, you, at some point, because the last thing I want to do is burden my right, kids I with know, my stuff. I know. So uh, either I'm going to do it and I don't want them to do it. So right, I should I'm, just suck it up and do it. Right. Let's go back to the phones. Hey, Wanda, you're live with Kath and myself. What's that thing? Oh, hi. Yeah. Um. Well, it's kind of odd. Um, I was just here cooking dinner and listening to your show. Um, an old baby doll. It was um, actually it was baby Jesus, but I was so young at the time I didn't know that it was Jesus. Um, it was on um, Route 51 thrift store out here in Pittsburgh. Okay. And my dad took me there as a youngster. Um, yeah, it was just a and it was the most beautiful doll, and and I just adored it. Um, and then my aunt. My aunt asked. I remember specifically my aunt asked me if she could have it. <laughs> and I, of course, with the big heart I had, I gave it to her. That I was just thinking about that baby yeah. Jesus doll. And now you resent your aunt. <laughs> Whatever happened to it? Mm-hmm. Did you ever ask yeah. your aunt about it? Oh, no. No. And I never did find out what happened about it. No. And that and a cross. Um, just one of those simple um, costume jewelry crosses with the Lord's Prayer in it. I yeah. remember getting that, too, as a child. Yeah, I would have liked to have had that, too. It had some beautiful colored stones in it and whatnot. But anyway, that was just the two things that I was thinking of. When That's I was good. All right, we're show. losing you, little Wanda. Thanks, Thank you for calling. Yeah, thanks an awful lot. Okay, yeah. Uh, we get another phone call. Priscilla, hey, Priscilla, you're live with us. What's that thing that you miss? I miss the watch my parents bought me for graduation from high school. Mm. It was uh, a, a bull of a watch and... It sat in my jewelry box for years because I really don't like wearing things around my wrist. But I decided to get it um, fixed so that I could start wearing it. And I took it to several jewelers, and because of the age of the watch, they were unable to fix it. I finally found a small shop who did fix it for me, and they only charged me $10 to fix this watch. I came home, and I sat it on my window sill. And it got knocked down into the garbage disposal while it was on. I was so crushed. Oh, that is pain. It was terrible. I've missed that watch to this day. Every time I think about it, I want to cry. Oh, gosh. Oh, well, that's a sad story. That sure is, yeah. I lost my wedding ring. (laughs) I miss that every day. (laughs) But, of course, that wasn't from my childhood. Which would be kind of weird. <laughs> yeah, when you, when you, and and you you think you threw it out yourself. Uh, I, that's the only conclusion I, I, I come to, is that I wrapped my wedding ring up after I cleaned it, set it aside while this you know sort of thing on my finger healed, and being this you know obsessive compulsive neat freak, I saw um, a paper towel sitting you know, on my mantle and thinking, oh. And I think I must have thrown it away. I must have because, believe me, I have torn my house apart more than several times. Oh, it's just such pain. And there goes my wedding ring. Oh, my gosh. That's how it is. Anyway, let's take a break. We'll come back. Stick around. It's The Ride Home with John and Kathy on Word FM and WPIT Radio.
This is a special announcement for all Americans who owe back taxes to the IRS or state. New tax reform guidelines have increased the success of the Fresh Start Initiative. Pay attention. There's a special toll-free hotline set up especially for you. This hotline will give you free information on how you can legally reduce or eliminate your tax debt. Call the tax problem solvers at 1-800-928-7418. 1-800-928-7418. You'll speak to tax experts that will analyze your tax matter and tell you how to stop the collection calls. IRS letters, bank levies, and wage garnishments. Ignoring the IRS is not an option, and doing so puts you at greater risk. Let us deal with the IRS on your behalf so you don't have to. New guidelines have made it easier to qualify for a fresh start, but this won't last, and your tax problem will only get worse if you do nothing or try to handle it yourself. It makes a big difference in who you call. Contact the hotline today for a free six-step guide to reduce your taxes. 1-800-928-7418. That's 1-800-928-7418. If you'd like a smartphone that's really smart, download the OnePlace.com app, the app that will inspire your faith daily and provide answers to the biggest questions of all. OnePlace lets you download your favorite pastor's programs and listen even offline or in airplane mode with easy connections to your Bluetooth speaker or dashboard. To download your free OnePlace app, visit the iTunes App Store or the Google Play Store for your Android device and search for OnePlace. That's OnePlace. Hi, this is Tunch Ilkin for my good friends at Calusi Chevrolet. If you've been thinking about a new car or truck, now is the time. Right now, Pittsburgh's most popular crossover, the Chevy Equinox, is priced as low as $23,990 at Calusi Chevrolet. And you can buy with confidence, knowing the team at Calusi has been serving Pittsburgh for over 100 years. Check them out at Calusi.com. Find new roads at Calusi Chevrolet. Providence Presbyterian Church, Washington Alliance Church, Bethlehem Lutheran Church, St. John the Baptist Church, Impact Christian Church, The Bible Chapel. What do all these churches from various denominations have in common? Nello Construction. Design and build with one company. Nello Construction. Full service construction from the ground up. Renovation. Expansion. Nello Construction. The choice for churches. See the projects. Begin the journey at NelloConstruction.com. Indeed, used by over 3 million businesses for hiring, where business owners and HR professionals can post job openings with screener questions, then sort, review, and communicate with candidates from an online dashboard. Learn more at Indeed.com slash hire. Dentistry, in my opinion, shouldn't be a fear-inducing experience. And it really, I think, goes a long way for patients when I'm able to develop that one-on-one relationship with them. Exceptional dentistry meets compassionate care at StockFamilyDentistry.com. You know, it's it's a medical fact that spending time outdoors, especially in green spaces, is good for your health. It's a medical fact. Mm -hmm. A wealth of research indicates that escaping to a neighborhood park, hiking through the woods, or spending a weekend by the lake can lower a person's stress levels, decrease blood pressure, reduce the risk of asthma, allergies, and diabetes. But one question has always remained. The question is, how long or how frequently should you experience the great outdoors in order to reap its benefits? So... There's been a published report that came out today in Scientific Reports, and the answer, it seems, is 120 minutes per week. 120 minutes per week. Yes. So two hours in a seven-day period. Yes. 
The well, study examined. Like, that's not a whole lot. It's not very much at all. The study examined data from 20,000 people who lived in England who took part in something called the Monitor of Engagement with a Natural Environment Study from 2014 to 2016, asked them to record their activities within the week. It found the people who spent two hours a week or more outdoors reported being in better health and having a greater sense of well-being than those who didn't get out at all. If you spent 60 to 90 minutes in nature, it did not have as significant an effect, and five hours a week in nature offered no additional health benefits. So two hours is your target. And where are you reading this from? I'm reading this from today's New York Times. Now, I bet you a lot of people who live in New York have problems with that. Well, I'll, and in I major, you. major urban centers. Look, when I lived in New York City, I, I used to say this all the time. When I lived in New York City, you would, for me, I could chart the changes of the seasons by looking at the color of the gray concrete. Seriously, there would be many, many weeks where the only time you could actually get out, unless you went to Central Park, was to look at the sky through the concrete canyons. And occasionally, I'd leave New York City and go, oh, my gosh, I'm so encased in this stuff, i got to get out of here. It's, it's bad for your health. Did you feel like that was something that contributed to you finally saying, I'm done with oh, New York? Oh, without a doubt, yeah. Listen. Central Park is a godsend for millions of New Yorkers, but it's just not enough because you still feel like you're in a fishbowl. I couldn't wait to get out of New York, and that was part of it. So the place that you live in now is kind of off by itself, and you have a ton of green stuff. (laughs) Yes. It's very park-like. I'm so fortunate to have that. Yeah, I am too. I lived in the city uh, here in Pittsburgh for a long time from when I was, I mean, for 12, 14 years I lived in the city and um, 15 years. And when I I moved um, to a neighborhood in the North Hills that's just outside the city limits. So it's not like it's major suburbia. But there's a difference. Man, do I like big old trees and space. Give me that. I don't have a lot of space, but what I have, I really appreciate. No, I mean, just to be on your backyard, surrounded by trees and some grass and the blue skies, it means everything. So, according to the survey, 120 minutes a week, that's good to go. The Ride Home with John and Kathy, a production of Salem Media Group. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.